You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Tuesday afternoon. I'd like to turn to our first topic and guests of today. We're immersing ourselves in the world of art this afternoon, and I'm delighted to welcome back on the program Lee Bunin and also Wenda Yu, along with Sharon Wortman, the artists behind the 2020 graduation exhibition of the Hong Kong Art School, along with the RMIT University. Welcome on the program. Welcome back on the program, Boone and Sharon. Thank you. Yes, thank Thank you you so much for joining us. And Wenda, first time on the program, you'll feel like uh, you're at home. (laughs) So uh, congratulations. This is the class of 2020 and what a year it has been. Um, Sharon, you're closest uh, at hand. Can you tell us a little bit more about this graduation um, ceremony and also what it entails, how you guys you know, put this together amongst everything that's been going on in the last year. I have to say it has been touch and go um, whether we were actually going to have an exhibition or not. But we did all finish our work and graduate, um, actually prepare our work for assessment in December. So luckily we kind of just beat the COVID um, situation. Um, But there's 26 of us and we'll all be exhibiting our final year work um, in Powell Galleries next week. This Mm. is so exciting. I should also mention we are on Facebook Live as well. So feel free to join our guests, our wonderful guests uh, this afternoon, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. I mean, Hong Kong has been through the sort of one-two punch, first the the, the unrests and then the whole coronavirus. Uh, You mentioned just now a lot of the art pieces were submitted beforehand. I mean, what were some of the inspirations behind you know some of your work perhaps we can talk about actually the style of work because there are 26 graduate students um sharon what's your sort of specialty for for this exhibition then sure um i've been majoring in ceramics for the last three years and um and my work is looking at how um we absorb cultural influence so obviously my experience of living in hong kong and then in inside a broader asia region um has obviously influenced my work greatly and for the graduate show what i've done is i've gone and collected different clay bodies, wild clay from all around the world. Um, And then I've immersed them in soy sauce at a certain point at bisque fire stage. They've absorbed the soy sauce and then I've put them into high fire. So at high fire stage, what they do is they tend to distort. But what's interesting is that some of the clay bodies from certain parts of the world don't distort a lot and then others totally melt. So I'm really looking at how that cultural influence affects different parts of the world. How did that idea even enter your mind? (laughs) It's brilliant. (laughs) It's a good question. I have to say there's been a lot of testing and a lot of experimentation. But what I first started doing was looking at how we absorb material as a cultural collective. So um, when we're all discussing a certain issue that's really important to us, um, do we absorb the information faster or slower? Do we absorb it in a different way from each other. So that's kind of my, was my starting point. Yeah. Where do you go about collecting the clays um, around the world? I mean, where are some good places? Um, actually, I've just recently travelled, I've been lucky enough to travel um, to New Zealand and Australia during lockdown. So I was there when it happened. So I've had, I've, so I've collected my own clays from there. But also what I've done is I've reached out to other artists who have um, wild clay interests. So I've got clay from Japan, from Greece, from London, from the USA. And basically what I've done is asked them to send that to me here in Hong Kong. And I have to say, clay bodies at the moment seem to travel faster than our own bodies. (laughs) (laughs) So where did you get the soy sauce? Yes, the soy sauce. Well, that was from the local store. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, And Boone, what about you? Welcome back on the program. Tell us a little bit more about Actually, uh, I do uh, uh, cardboard artwork. So I collect uh, cardboard from uh, supermarkets and stores and 
and I pick pick out the more colorful one and. Uh, Colorful uh, cardboard. You, Usually, they're just the, the yeah. They're quite attractive in a way, especially the wine boxes because they have to present the wine uh, in the box. Yes. So, uh, I use them really. Uh, if you think about cardboard, is related to uh, globalization, trade, and so on. And you also think about uh, what you meet on the street: old people picking cardboard. And I try to make a combination of all these and and reflect it in the artwork. Certain mm-hmm. tap, but. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do that. Yeah, well, when, when I think about cardboard, I think about the pawpaws, usually out in Hong Kong, you know, mm-hmm. collecting the cardboards. And that tells a story because they often have very touching stories. And there's a real sense of pride that they have, that they don't want to rely on subsidies or rely on the government to look after them. They, they, they're self-sufficient. And it's a real reflection on that Lion Rock spirit, in a way, of, right. of, yeah. Yeah, of that yeah, generation. Right. Yeah, wow, wonderful. And how many pieces is in your collection then? Uh, I'm, I've done uh, maybe uh, 50 of more, or more than that. And uh, this time I'll pick about seven okay. for presentation. Um, and yes, a kind of uh, continuously developing work. Um, more, more ideas coming along. And, That's a huge collection. We can't wait to uh, go back to the studio and work on it. Yeah. So talk us through that process. So once you collect these cardboard Mm. pieces, I mean, how big are they? How small are they? What do you do with them? They measure about uh, one meter by one one meter. And um, this time for this series, I try color combination uh, to reflect what I'm thinking. Uh, So uh, I would explore how the color combine with each other and provide the kind of visual simulation uh, for people to look at it. So we put it on Instagram and I think the response seems to be quite good so far. Absolutely. I should also mention you can follow them on on Facebook and on Instagram. Their handle on Instagram is 20 uh, in the written form and then 20 uh, in in, um, Arabic numerals underscore B-A-F-A underscore grad show. And you can also find them on Facebook as well, which is at H-K-A-S dot BA grad show um, and of course uh, as Sharon mentioned earlier uh, the award ceremony and also the exhibition is open to public as well so you can go and enjoy these wonderful pieces from the 26 uh, graduates uh, from the 5th all the way to through to the 21st of July in Pow Galleries at the Hong Kong Arts Centre. Uh, Wendy you've been waiting so patiently thank you so much <laughs> for, for joining us. Talk us through your artwork then. Um, what are you doing currently and what, what's your uh, what are the ones that you're going to be displaying for this graduate ceremony? So I'm doing like uh, old maps. So um, my topic is about the islands in Hong Kong, just like you haven't heard before, like High Island and Nipin Group Island or Cat O. So ha- you guys maybe not uh, don't have any ideas about what it's what it is about, but they are all the places in Hong Kong. So I will uh, I'm exploring about the places and. Uh, just like we live in Hong Kong, but we didn't know much about Hong Kong. Just like for me, and I find that there are many, like two hundred, over two hundred small islands in Hong Kong. So they are all isolated and being isolated, but also part of Hong Kong. So I uh, study the history and then the the myths and then uh, about those islands, and then I do research on it. And then after that, I um, use. Um, illustration and ink painting uh, to depict those islands. 
so I merged some my imagination and then combine into our own maps. Yes. Wow. So you've used that to create maps of these islands also. Yeah. That's a tr- that's a thing, you know. As you mentioned just now, there are over two hundred islands. Some of them we've never even heard of or been to before. Yes. How did you do your research? Were you able to um, find any photos of of these islands, or where did you do your research? So I in those in two parks, I uh, I would do it on online, and um, but there's not much information about it. So I will use I will uh, do it on a Google Maps. Google Maps. Yes, it's <laughs> quite very straightforward to search about it and then also I will go to the uh, historical uh, buildings and then archives to find archives on it and then uh, some of it is quite uh, special especially um, I will I will um, I find some maps that is uh, created on 1990s on the Qing dynasty Wow, that was in the last century, eighteen ninety. In the last century, yeah, it's quite very old, and then um, the style is different uh, from nowadays maps. Um, they are more like applied some uh, imagination of the. I think I think most of the 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 writer or the drawer uh, the drawing art. I think they are all like artists, just like um. They will have their style on. They will use the ink painting to draw it, and then they they are all mentioned. They will all mention the the islands in Hong Kong, just like uh, not like nowadays maps. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's true. A lot of people haven't heard of these. I mean, what were some of the interesting ones that you've come across that you thought, wow? Well, the names of the islands are, are funny. Some yeah. are funny, maybe. Just like Lipin groups uh, so uh, Hong Kong is a colonial uh, city and then um, Naiping groups is uh, is named by the uh, England uh, the governor and what at that t- a very old time I forgot the years but um, this name uh, why they will uh, use this name because the islands look like a very old game called nine pin nine pins. yeah oh. nine pin so it's like bowling I didn't know. yeah it's like bowling <laughs> yeah so they would call it nine pin books <laughs> it's very funny yeah. that's so, so I, I draw it draw the um islands like a nine pin it's just like bowling and then they become a group and then show it on the maps so yeah, yeah i will uh, so this is uh, some part of me because i i have to imagine how it's look like like a nine pin and then also it is a uh, island yeah and oh, how okay. many pieces are in in your collection? Then how many pieces will you be displaying? So I will show um, free free paper words okay. on mount on canvas. Yeah, big one. Yeah, one yes. meter by two meters. And one meter by like um, yeah, one, yeah, around yeah. that. So have you all seen each other's artwork? I've seen so? uh, Wendell's work. Yeah, you've seen yeah, Wendell's work. I haven't seen Sharon's work. <laughs> <laughs> First time here. So is, I mean, is it quite common that do you have to show it to you um, for feedback or whatnot, or, or is it sort of oh, like yes, a yes. big reveal? We have uh, critique sessions whereby mm. uh, everybody show their work and instructors would put chip in, yeah. and we in fact the rest of the class are more interesting because they they kind of offer different views, you know, being being of different age group. I, I'm retired, uh, seven in the mid-career, and Wendell is really young. So <laughs> we have a good really? mix of uh, really 
really interesting things. Yeah. Mm. And I, I think that's the value of studying together mm. is actually having all that feedback so that actually you can get other people's ideas and, and input and you can discuss is this good or is this bad. Mm. And so I think that's so valuable while we were studying together. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, is it sort of trial and error with some of your art pieces? Did you have to, I mean, we're going to see the masterpieces or are you going to include some of the ones that you think, oh, it didn't really work out, but actually when you revisit it again, actually, that's actually better than what I thought would work out. I don't know if that makes sense. But that's the thing with art. It's so organic that, you know, maybe at one point you thought, oh, it doesn't really work. But when you revisit it again, what was a draft could actually be a masterpiece. Did you ever have that moment with some of the pieces you've yeah, created? Especially some of the work uh, I would love like too much but I put it up anyway and the, and the response was good and everybody liked it. <laughs> that, that's a surprise also so sometimes we, it's know, good to put it away for a while and then come yeah. back to it and you think oh actually it does have merit you, you know yeah. I shouldn't be so dismissive yeah mm -hmm. well Boone you, you made also a, a great point what if you you don't really like a piece but then the other people really like it as an artist how do you stay true to your true artistic vision compared to what other people thought uh, yeah I, I just uh, Put that aside, and I would just select randomly uh, where, where uh, when, when the work fits my mood at yeah. that time. Yeah. So uh, and the, the rest I'll leave it to to fate, personally. <laughs> so <laughs> artistic. Yeah. What about you, Sharon? Did you ever find that with some of your clay ceramic pieces that mm -hmm. um, other people liked it more than you, or some pieces you really liked, and the others were like, "Oh, it's all right." Or, well, I suppose they have not seen it before. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think ceramics is also slightly different because every time we put something into the kiln, we have no idea actually how the firing is going to turn out. So it's really point. a lot of hit and miss. And and um, recently when I was opening all the sagas, so I made containers to fire these these pieces in as I chipped it open. Um, what, what are they called? Sagas? Saga, yeah. yeah. So it's a, to how to control the environment for the piece inside the kiln. And as I opened the first one, it was a total disaster. And I mm. thought, oh no, if they're all like this, I'm really in trouble. And then luckily the second one was fine. And then after that, they were all okay. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a lot of testing all of the time with ceramics. Yeah, mm. and, and with, with the clay, did you find that different clay reacts differently in the kiln also? You know, maybe the Japanese clay would be different from, I don't know, clay from Greece, or is clay essentially clay? And they all sort of... No, they're all totally different. And, mm. and they, So you never know what you're working with. Absolutely, of. I didn't know. And and interestingly, when I started to work with the Greek clay, I said to the girl, when I, when I made it all down into a sort of soft paste, it felt like I was dealing with crushed olive, like olive paste. And so I wrote back to her. So we've had some, di I've had dialogue with all the artists, which has been mm. brilliant. And I said to her, your clay really reminds me of olive paste. And she said, well, funnily enough, where I dig it from is on the island of Crete, where my parents have an olive grove. And I dig it just above the trees. So mm. that's exactly where it's coming from. So you're picking up some Properties, kind of... Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other interesting thing was the Japanese clay. I'm giving it away now because mm. you haven't seen. But of all, of, of all the clays, the only clay that really held true to um, itself throughout the process was the Japanese. So the Japanese clay actually came out almost untouched by my process of absorbing it with the Chinese soy sauce and then high fire. So That's so interesting. Mm. So they all reacted differently mm. to the soy sauce. Mm. And by reacting, you mean it just completely, I mean, apart from the color changing, what else changed about them? Can you reveal a little bit? <laughs> um, so what the, what the soy sauce does, obviously high in salt. So mm. it raises the temperature during firing. So what it does is it, it makes the clay melt. So it will melt in different varying degrees. 
And also the absorbency of the clay will mean that the soy sauce is either taken on more or less depending on the absorbency. How long did you soak each piece of clay in the soy sauce for? Was that a controlled um, experiment as well? It's, it's like it's yes, yes, yes. a bunch of scientists. <laughs> it really is. I think art is actually a lot like science. Yeah. I think it is. It's sort of like inspiration, but also backed up by science and, yeah, and, tech- and technology as well. You know, the building of, of, of maps and building of, of cardboards yeah. um, also. Yeah. Especially Wendy's work. I, I've seen her work. It's really humorous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just make fun of the island. You know, yeah. 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 It's so interesting when you said just now, Wenda, you know, you went on Google Maps that you found more, you found a lot of information. So they were just the drone pictures of those maps that we normally wouldn't see. Yeah. Just like, uh, um, and uh, honestly, I, I will make use of the old maps. I just take part of the old maps and then put take away the the islands on that map and then put my drawing on it so you can imagine that is uh like just, just like you are going to uh going to have an adventure of hong kong it's like well, i'm we live in hong kong it's just like you just know about mong kong or kowloon or hong kong island a new territory but but they are they are also part of hong kong and then we just like um they are all de- uh, dependent, independent, and then um, but but I really want to explore it, just like uh, as a adventure and a view of it. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to come to your your exhibitions. It sounds just so amazing, and you've all managed you and your colleagues and 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 the rest of uh, the graduate students this year have managed to really put something amazing together, despite of everything. Um, has COVID nineteen also made you more creative as well? You know, uh, you know, has more ideas um, come your way during this period? Very quickly, we've got two minutes before the news. I'm especially uh, impressed by the work of some of my classmates. Uh, they are made. Uh, Perhaps in ink, pencil, and uh, it looks quite grim and cold, and but also uh, it's quite realistic. There's a degree of realism, realism in it. So actually, I think it reflects what uh, pe- Hong Kong people think about the past year. Yeah, um, certainly, it's so, been a been a very interesting and yeah. Yeah, it's kind of uh, very stimulating to look at the work. Absolutely, also, and reality. Yeah, a way to express. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting too because um, Professor Kurt Chan, who's actually one of our acting directors of the school, said in our forward of our catalogue, actually this year it's not just us graduating, but actually it's all of us graduating into a whole new world. So mm. whether it's political environment, whether it's the health environment, actually we're all going through a massive change at the moment. And we're all about to arrive into a totally new space. And so I think that's what's really exciting to share. Well, the timing of it couldn't <laughs> couldn't be even more. Well, our listeners, uh, please, I urge you to visit uh, them on Facebook as well. You can go to hkas.bagradshow and uh, go to POW Galleries at the Hong Kong Arts Centre. Uh, the exhibition will be uh, between the 5th to the 21st of July. I'll leave all the information for all our wonderful artists on our Facebook page. Thank you so much, Sharon, Wenda and also Boon for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very Thank much you. indeed. And best of luck for your exhibition. And I look forward to having you back next time. Thank you. Thank you.